Amen. Please be seated, church. A really good morning. Thank you for joining us, those online. A very good morning to you too. Indeed, a pre- pleasure and privilege to see each and every one of you as you worship the Lord together. Well, today's sermon is a continuation of our, on our sermon series, Mission with the Master. If you have not received this booklet, uh, we have some physical copies still left in the table that is right outside the sanctuary. So please help yourself to it. Or you can find the e-copy uh, uh, on our website. You can download the PDF and have it on your phones or on your computer, on your electronic device. Right? So today we are going to continue with the series, um, Be a Blessing. Be a Blessing. And in Singapore, you know, somehow our culture has this kiasu uh, culture, right? You know, kiasu, kiasi, kiabo, kiabo. For those who didn't understand, kiasu obviously means the fear of losing out. Right? And then Kyasi is someone who is a coward, someone who is scared of something. Kyabo is fear of having nothing. And Kyabo is fear of your wife. My wife here better say, next few words better tread carefully. Right? But we are so familiar with this word that somehow it makes us somewhat a little bit Singaporean. Right? But do these characteristics, Kyasu, Kyasi, or the Kya, makes us Christians? Do they make us Christians? Right? Specifically, disciples of Jesus Christ. Clearly not, right? Because last week, if you are, you pay attention to the sermon, you remember what Pastor Siuchai talked about in John 13, 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Right, so this is a familiar verse we all know to be disciples, to show people we are disciples, we love one another. Well, but the millennial in me, uh, and my age, the age range, we are called the millennials, right? Not Gen Z, not baby boomers, but millennial, the millennial in me got to ask this question. Why must we love one another? Why must we even love in the first place? Why do we need to love? And to answer the question why we need to love, my immediate response, if you ask a pastor or anyone who has been in church long enough, well, quite simple, pastor, why do you even need to ask this question? You know, you got study one or not? The immediate answer should be like, isn't this the second most important command in the Bible? Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. Right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also died, loved us so much, died on the cross for us. Therefore, we should follow him, emulate him, learn from him. And love others. Well, isn't it a familiar answer? Right? Uh, it's found in the Bible to love others, love your neighbors yourself, and because what Jesus has died for you and me, we should love others. But in fact, as I was preparing this message, these answers weren't enough for me. Right? I, I still had that hunger and like, is that all? Is that the true answer? Is there something more to it? Right? Because the millennial in me uh, tried to squeeze out why couldn't get the answer. So I dig a little bit deeper and really to summarize and have a short answer for you is that to answer the question why we are called and why we must love one another is simply because we are made in God's image. Fundamentally, we are made in God's image. In Latin, it's called Imago Dei. Right? We are created in God's image. And this is found in Genesis chapter 1 all the way back to verse 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, 
over the livestock and over and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Just one verse alone is mentioned, created three times. Three times God created and he created us, mankind, in his image. Now, it's so important, so sacred that in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, he hated murder because you and I were made in his image. It says in chapter in verse 6, whoever sheds blood, human blood by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God, God made mankind. Right? So you and I, we are created in the image of God. In the book of James, in the New Testament, so I show you the Old Testament, a New Testament verse, we are warned about what we say and who we say to. Because chapter 3, verse 9, it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Right? We are made in God's likeness. The importance of us being made in God's likeness. But what exactly is this concept of Imago Dei that we are made in the image of God? Right? The first thing maybe that came to your mind, I'm going to cover three broad views, but maybe the first thing that came to your mind is that in the, in the physical image, right? Is my nose like God? My flat nose, my sharp nose, is it like God? Does God has this flat nose or sharp nose like me? So recently, my wife and I, um, and Pastor Anthony and his wife, Valerie, were all invited by a couple in our church. I didn't get their permission to share this, so I'm not quoting their names. Um, but they invited us to go on a date together as a couple. Probably, maybe they think that we are so busy with our conflicting schedules that we hardly go on dates, which is kind of true, lah. So they hosted us and invited us to this program uh, for couples to go on date where there is dinner and some couple activities for us to bond and discuss more and to share. They even got Pastor Anthony's children to be involved in the hosting, bring the food from the kitchen uh, and hosted us. So one activity for us as husband and wife, we were to stand back to back. So my wife was uh, back was uh, towards mine, back to back. And up in the screen, flash this picture. That, can I have the AV team to flash? This picture. The question is, what type of year look or years your spouse have? Okay, no more turning left and right now to your friends or your loved ones. Now to test your super hard question. Pray very hard. Still got the answer wrong. <laughs> right? So there are many types. In fact, this is probably half of what the, the types are in the world out there. That's what I could find, I could find on the internet. Uh, but there are so many different types of year. What small year, big year, attached year, lobe, detached year, lobe, round shape, square shape, pointed year shape. Right? So many different types. The idea is, the idea is, of course, not to get the correct um, shape of the body part of your spouse, whether it's your ear or the nose, and to identify it correctly. That's, of course, important to make your wife feel valued or your spouse feel valued. But really, it's to show you that God, in His wisdom, creativity, power, and might, created us so differently. So differently. Wonderfully and, and differently. And it's not just the physical shape of our ears, our ears, but God also created us in physically and psychologically in his image. 
And what do I mean by that? If I get the point up, God created us physically and psychologically in His image. Of course, again, as I mentioned, physically is not just the earlobe, the nose, uh, or some other body part, but it includes our capacity for rational thought, our ability to, to communicate and our to communicate and express ourselves and our consciousness and self-awareness. You know, additionally, some interpretations suggest that our physical bodies are so complex and intricate that it reflects a skillful craftsman, like God being that skillful craftsman. On a psychological level, being made in the image of God talks about our mind, our spirit, our morality, our sense of right and wrong. To be able to differentiate them, to be have the capacity to have com- compassion, empathy, and of course our innate longing for meaning and purpose. Right? So God created us in His image, in our physical and psychological. Second, when we are created in God's image, we can establish a relationship with Him and one another. Right? Milad Erickson in his book, Christian Theology, tries to explain it with these four points. Right? As a relational being, we, we see our neighbor as our f- fellow human, our friends, our loved ones. We speak and hear one another. And we talk and communicate, render assistance to one another, and we do these things gladly. Right? Basically to show that we are relational beings uh, built to relate to one another in one way or another. And of course, to our loved ones and friends, we do this gladly when we speak, when we see, when we render, and we act uh, to our friends and our families. Right? So when we are created in His image, we are relational. The third broad view is that as we see human beings having the ability to do something, and this goes back to verse uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 7, that tells us that God created human beings and gave us dominion over the birds in the sky and the fishes in the sea and the creatures of the land. Generally, the idea is that we have dominion over all the creatures because we are made in the image of God. And perhaps somewhere, the true answer to why we are made in the image of what is the image of God is a combination of these three views. According to Erickson, again, the image of God is five points. First is within the human race and not other created creature. So not an elephant, not a whale, not a bunny, or not even a cockroach. Right? We are created as human beings. It also has not, has not been lost as a result of sin or the fall. And this is aligned with early church scholars. In fact, some scholars also argued that sin has resulted in a diminished image or a scarred image. Right? But it's still there. The image of God in us is still there despite the fall or sin. Third is, it's not present in a greater degree in one person than another. Someone else doesn't have more image of God as compared to me. Right? So we all have the image of God. Number four is in the nature of human beings, in the way that we are made. So we can't work for it. We can't give more. We can't worship more. We can't pray more to have more made in the image of God. We can't do more to earn it. Right? It's innate in us in our nature. The fifth is we enable humans to fulfill human destiny such as interacting with other humans, thinking, reflecting, and acting freely. Right? With a mind of our own, we have emotions, we can do things because God created us in His image and enables us to fulfill our destiny and our purpose. But more importantly, again, it goes back, why are we made in God's image? Why, right? The millennial in me, again, I have to always question, why? 
why are we made in this? What's the purpose of it? What's the actual application for us when, when we say that we are made in the image of God? What is God's intention for you and me today? These are three implications, practical pastoral implications of this doctrine. First is, we belong to God. We belong to God. And this is from the story that Jesus was asked to pay tax to Caesar. Right? Mark chapter 12, 13 to 17. Jesus asked whose image appeared on a coin. Whose image was it? To the Pharisees and the Herodians, they actually answered correctly. Right? These two groups of people that actually Jesus did not like, they correctly answered. They said Caesar's. Caesar's image was on the coin. And Jesus responded, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. So what are things that are of God? Presumably, whatever or whoever bears the image of God. Presumably, whoever that bears the image of God belongs to God. Jesus then was saying, give your money to Caesar. It has his image on it. Thus, it belongs to him. But give yourself to God. You bear his image and you belong to him. So the implication of being made in the image of God is that you and I clearly belong to God because we are made in his image. Number two, we should pattern ourselves after Jesus. Pastorally, that is the perfect example, the complete revelation of the image of God. Jesus as the perfect model, perfect example, he had the perfect fellowship with the Father. And we see that in John 17. Jesus obeyed the Father's will completely and perfectly. Right? He said in John chapter 4, verse 35, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. He obeyed God the Father fully and perfectly. Third, as a relational person, Jesus demonstrated his affection and strong love for human beings. Back then and even now, he fed the 5,000, he healed the sick, he cared for them. So Jesus is that perfect example for us to role model, for us to look to, because he is the complete revelation of the image of God. Third, as mentioned just now in Genesis chapter 9, that human life is valuable. Right? The image of God, the implication is human life is valuable even after the fall, murder was prohibited. And that, as I mentioned, was because we are made in the image of God. So to answer the question why we must love one another other than obeying the word of God, the second greatest commandment, love your neighbor as yourself, and seeing Jesus as an example, perhaps the answer is because we are made in the image of God. It is innate in us physically, psychologically, relationally to love one another. And in so doing, we look to Jesus as our example because we belong to Him. We belong to Him. So friends, if, you, if we, you can agree with me that we are all made in God's image as disciples of Jesus, as people who choose to love Him because He first loved us, we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice because Jesus made a choice. And this choice is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It tells us God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God chose to love us even when we are so unworthy of Him. He made a deliberate choice to love. 
made a deliberate choice to love. And here I'm, again, not asking us to love, to choose to love those who are nice to us. Right? That is our natural behavior. Love people who love us. Who are willing to spend their time with us, who we enjoy their company and like to hang out with them, who, who, who are willing to buy us expensive presents or sacrifice our time, energy with these people that we love. I'm not asking you to choose to love them. Neither am I asking you to choose to love your enemies, which is what the Bible clearly says. Love your enemies. These, pe- these people who I'm asking, not asking you to love are those who backstab you, speak unkind or untruthful words about you behind your back, or simply betray your trust. So I am not asking you to choose your loved ones. Neither am I asking you to choose to love your enemies, which is important and what the Bible says. Instead, today I'm asking you to choose to love those who are unable to repay you. Unable to repay you. People who are strangers to you. To who you barely speak a word to. Perhaps at most a nod of acknowledgement when you walk past each other. And why do I ask you to choose this group of people today? In Luke chapter 14, verse 12 to 14, Jesus said to his hosts, When you give a lunch or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your love or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So to show our love to others means that we give without demanding or expecting repayment. And sometimes it hurts us. Because at times when we give, we feel like we are losing out. We get, we, we are, they get advantage, we have the short end of the stick. And we feel like, we feel lousy about it. Because if you take an advantage of. Simply today, the choice is whether are we able to love, to give sacrificially without any repayment. And since we are talking on the topic of inviting people for a meal, and Jesus was talking about it, this is a reminder for us to seize the opportunity to, to invite our friends, our neighbours, our loved ones, or even strangers to our movie and makan event that is happening on 23rd of March at 11.30. This movie and makan event is simply an opportunity for us to invite people who sometimes we find it hard to invite to come for a Sunday service. So if Sunday service is a bit hard for you to to voice out, to invite them, perhaps you can invite your neighbours, your friends, your colleagues at work to a movie and makan session, which is happening on 23rd. 5th of March, 23rd of March at 11.30. Well, although this event is free, right, that is not the, the main point. The main point is we hope that this creates a platform for you and me to be a blessing to others, to invite them so that we can share the good news, we can share a meal, we can interact and connect with people. But truly, friends and families, if you pause for a moment, if you think and you truly believe that every single person is created in the image of God. You see your friends, your loved ones, your, your strangers, your neighbours that you hardly talk to, your colleagues, your boss, as being made in the image of God. 
then there is a need. There is a need to reconcile them to their Creator. Right? If they are all being made in the image of God, there is a need to reconcile them to their Creator. And you being created and made in the image of God and would like to pattern yourself after Jesus, I pray that this message will convict you to love and be a blessing, to point them towards their Creator so that you will speak to them, encourage them, pray for them, talk to them. And in so doing, you reveal Christ to them. I invited one of our young adult, Matthew, to share his story of how he was blessed by another young adult, Aaron, as I invite him to come up. I'm in fact so encouraged by him in his sharing at the, at, to the youth last Sunday on this topic, to be a blessing. Therefore, I invited him to share his testimony. And I have also adapted one of his points um, for my sermon today because I'm so blessed by his sharing. So I hand the time over to him for him to share his story. A very blessed Sunday morning, church. Hey, so this is my testimony of how my best friend Aaron brought me to Christ. I've been in Amokyo for roughly six years now, and I can confidently say that Aaron really has played a key role in not only nurturing my faith, but also showing me a brotherly love that helped me understand God's love for me. My friendship with Aaron first started when we knew each other in the Boys' Brigade during our time in ACS. However, we only started getting close around secondary four when I relocated around the area. And quite funnily enough, I did not know how to go home. <laughs> so I coincidentally found out that Aaron lived near me and I was begging him, please take me home. you know. And eventually we started to go home together and these bus rides eventually turned to a closer friendship where we spend more time together, either studying after school or at his place, gaming together, or simply just having those deep conversations. And at the same time, I struggled a lot with school, mental health, and asked why, why God would allow suffering to exist in this world. I found myself asking if God truly existed, and if He was as loving as everyone around me proclaims Him to be, why would a God so big love someone so unworthy like me? In my curiosity and in search for an answer, I became increasingly interested in Christianity. For context, I had prior encounters with the faith, although I wasn't a believer. I had attended chapels in primary school, and BB was also a Christian uniform group, which I had been in since I was in primary one. However, although I knew these fragments of the Bible and what the faith was about, I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. In all of this, I turned to my close friend Aaron, whom I knew was mature in the faith. I started to ask him about the questions I had, and I wanted to know why he believed in what he believed. However, what I could have never expected was the extent that Aaron would go in journeying with me so personally. We started to read the Bible together, and Aaron even found a devotional for me to go through together. We went for not one, but two youth alphas, which is a series that sparks conversations about the basics of the Christian faith while opening the space for discussion. We also went for an endless number of few sessions, which is a youth worship night organized by Truthmin. 
March 2018 also marked the first time that he brought me to church and cell. But what I remember most distinctly, even up to this day, are all the simple things that Aaron did for me. It was simple things like having deeper conversations about my worries and about the faith, opening up to one another, being vulnerable about the struggles that we both faced in life, impromptu calls when I was feeling down, and praying for me every single night in his quiet time. And if any of you have journeyed so intimately with someone else, you will know that caring for someone on such a deep level isn't easy at all. It usually comes at a cost, usually in the form of emotional weariness or even jadedness over a prolonged period of time. It's easy to find yourself wondering, how much longer do I have to continue showing this person love? But it was precisely through these simple things that I got to know Aaron's heart for me. And to know, and this was the most important, this was the most important part to me. He didn't shy away from sharing my emotional burdens, nor did he leave me when I faced multiple challenges and broke down endlessly. Aaron was there for me through the whole journey as a brother who genuinely cared for me. He didn't spend all that time with me for some hidden agenda of the ultimate goal of bringing me to church. And someone very wise once told me, sometimes the only Christ that people will experience is the one that you reflect. And to me, Aaron reflected a piece of God's heart and Christ's love for me. I found myself asking, if I was so loved by my brother, how much more is God's love for me? And up to today, I still thank God for this brother in Christ who has stood firm by me through every single up and down in life, for being a spiritual anchor in every season, and for being someone who inspires me to love others in the same way that he has shown me love. I must also recognize the love of my lovely cell members who have shown me such genuine and tender care and love since the first day as well. It was through simple things like staying in church to study, having meals together, and checking in on one another. But six years on, they have become one of my closest communities and one of my biggest reasons to continue staying in Amakyo. Today, I encourage you to do the same in showing that simple but very important act of loving one another. It doesn't have to be something life-changing. And it can start from a simple, how are you? What you perceive as a small effort can really lead to a bigger change than you will ever expect. And I certainly experienced this in my life through the act of love by Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew, for sharing. Really, in fact, it's really not easy to ask church members to come up and share their testimony live. So I'm also encouraged, you know, after going through many rejections, uh, I'm also very encouraged to hear that. And I'm sure many of us here can identify with his story, right? Cell members, church members coming alongside us in life, uh, journeying with us, checking in with us. How are you? You have benefited so much from the people around you. Would you extend, extend your love, extend a message, extend a hand to someone else in your circle of influence, even if the person rejects you, even if the person declines your invitation? And we all can start with the movie and makan that is coming up <laughs> again, <laughs> right? Really, is, is that, um, 
we are, we are also inviting the Amokyo community, so it's not just our own people. There are already a group of people that we have, we have extended invitation uh, to the tuition kids, uh, bursary and things like that. So don't be mistaken, it's just us or nobody else is coming. We have also included other partners that we have been journeying alongside with for many years. So the tuition program is vital, uh, important uh, to our outreach uh, to the community. So that we have already invited the community. right? But here, another caution is that I do not want to elevate people who are bringing uh, an a, a outsider or someone who is not from Amokyo versus someone who is serving. Right? There, there needs to be people who are serving in our community. Whether you are doing food, you are doing logistics, you are doing publicity, uh, you are giving out flyers through the cell groups. These are all very important aspects of this event. So I'm not elevating one or the other. All are important. Every part of the body of Christ is important and plays a role in making this event or reaching out to people uh, in love. Right? So all are important. Especially, uh, just a shout out to those uh, who have indicated interest to be a befriender. We need many befrienders. We need people um, to befriend the community when they walk in uh, to our doors, when they have a meal, you know, to just check in with them and say, how are you? How are you? So we need these people because all hands need to be on deck to extend the love of Christ to people who do not love Christ, who do not know Christ. Right? We need to extend a hand. So in closing, again, I pray, ask that you pray uh, and pray, uh, allow God to lead you uh, to be interested to sign up. Later during the family news, there will be opportunities and to, for you to uh, sign up through our website and QR code and so on and so forth. So I pray that God will speak to you in your own way, one way or another. But in closing, let me su- summarize why we need to be on a mission with the Master. Right? Why this is so important. Um, mission on the Master, because we are called to love one another. Clearly, we are called to love one another because, again, we are made in the image of God. Fundamentally, we are made in the image of God and as created beings, we love because it is our choice. The choice given to us that we love those who can't love us back, who can't repay us at all. So I pray that as you choose to live out a life that follows Jesus, to be a disciple for Him, I pray that you choose to be a blessing to someone. Whether the person can repay you back, whether it's a loved one, a friend, a colleague, someone who rejects you, make a choice to be a blessing and extend Christ's love to another person. Come, let us pray. Father, today is a day that we can make a choice in our hearts. It might be a difficult choice. Maybe the person's name has been dropped in your heart. Can I ask you to pray for that person right now? Give you a short time to pray. You might be struggling to start a conversation. How do you invite this person who you do not know, who don't see you in a good light, Uh, The Lord has dropped this name in my heart right now. In your heart right now. 
Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are struggling or who do not know where to start. Lord, would you provide a window of opportunity, a chance for them to connect to that person that they have in mind, that you have dropped in their hearts. That as they pray for this person, they step out of their comfort zone to interact and to engage with this person. Lord, would your Holy Spirit empower them, Lord. Would you give them the words to say, the opportunity, the courage, and the faith. And truly, Father, out of this encounter, out of this experience, your name be glorified. It's not for our own glory, it's not for our own reputation, but Lord, we want to point people to you and you alone. The name of Jesus be magnified. The name of Jesus be glorified. So Father, as we continue to be a blessing to the community around us, whether it's in Amokyo or other parts of Singapore and the world, Lord, would your Holy Spirit do a mighty work in us. And truly we reflect your glory, your light, your grace, and your love for us. Pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.